Hi everyone. I want to talk about something that is affecting the lives of so many people. But my first question to you is this. What are you proud of? If there's a title to this message, it's this. What are you proud of? When my son Luis was around nine years old, I told him how proud I was of him. You know, he did a lot of good things. And I said, son, I'm proud of you. And then he asked me, dad, is there a good proud and a bad proud? You know, as young as he was, he already understood that, you know, there's something wrong with being proud. But I began to think about this and it made a lot of sense. And today I want to talk about pride. What is pride? What does the Bible have to say about pride? Is it good or is it bad? There are several definitions of pride. It's a feeling of deep pleasure, confidence, or satisfaction in oneself derived from one's own achievements, right? We're proud when we do things, when we achieve things, right? It's like a reasonable self-esteem or the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated to, whether it's your children and they do something good and they probably win a basketball game and you become proud of them, or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. It produces self-confidence. Another definition, it's a pleasure that comes from some relationship, right? Like I'm proud of this person, I'm connected to this person, or an association. It can be an achievement or possession. It can be things that causes us to be proud when we have things. It's a source of honor. It's a source of respect, you know? When you drive a nice car, you feel respected. You have the pride that, hey, you know what? I worked hard for this. And again, self-respect is another definition of pride. Or another definition is a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity. A higher opinion, higher than who you really are. Or importance, merit, or sometimes you feel superior, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing or conduct. It's a state of feeling of being proud. Sometimes it's an exaggerated self-esteem. Or you have a, a very high opinion of yourself, your own abilities, or self-worth. It's a feeling of being better than others. So another definition of somebody who has pride is conceit. When we're conceited. It's a becoming or dignified sense of what is due to oneself. When we feel something is due to us or we deserve this. Okay, or one's position or character. It's feeling of deserving something because of one's effort. You know, I did this, I deserve this. It's a pleasure or satisfaction taken in something that you achieved or something done by or belonging to you. I, this belongs to me. I deserve this. Or believed to reflect credit upon oneself. Another definition of pride is self-entitlement or self-entitled. So is there such a thing as good proud and or bad proud? I believe there's such a thing. But when does good proud become bad proud? There's a thin line there. But where do you draw the line? Pride is such a powerful condition of the heart. It's a heart issue. More often than not, it's an invisible state of mind that we are either conscious of or unconscious of, that we may knowingly or unknowingly have, that drives us to do the things we do. We do things because of our pride or say the things we say. It's a condition of the heart that is deeply embedded in the recess of our hearts. It has driven and controlled people's destinies and lives, even relationships. Most of the time, pride is focused on the ego of a person. And ego is a big thing. 
just like pride is a big thing. It's going to dictate the way you live. It's going to dictate the way you relate with other people. Sometimes you look at esteemed people or sometimes you look down at people. Pride does to people what, what even they don't want to do. Okay, I don't want to do this, but pride drives me to do the things I don't even want to do. Pride is such a strong spirit that controls people's lives. It's a tool used by the devil to manipulate or even deceive people. It even lies to you and gives you the right to do the wrong thing for the right reason. Pride is just messed up. However, people respond to situations differently because of pride. Some will cower down in situations, but some will fight back because of pride. I'd like to share with you my life. My, some, this is my testimony. When I was 13, I was bullied in school. I didn't want to go to school anymore because it was constant. I was afraid to go there. You know, I get bullied again. For those who don't know, I'm 5'11 right now. But when I was in first year high school in Ateneo, I was, if they had a line, I was the shortest in the line. And then I was, and I was bullied a lot of times when I fight back, I was beaten up. I was tiny. In just a couple more years, I started getting taller and bigger. I told myself, no one's gonna bully me ever again. So this is my story. I went to the gym, you know, when I lifted weights, I was thinking of the, all my bullies, I'm gonna get back at you. <laughs> I joined fraternities. The next years of my life was flooded with fights, except that I won almost all of it, if not all of it. I got big and vowed that I'm never gonna be beaten ever again. No one's gonna bully me ever again. What really got hurt wasn't my physical body. What really got hurt was my ego, my pride. Like a feeling like they stole something from me. I was disrespected and injustice was done. I had to do something because I was mad. So when anyone tries to touch this sensitive part of mine, which is my pride, it sets, it sets a trigger. Now again, so that's why I had a lot of fights in the street. And then, you know, when somebody cuts you in the street, then I said, oh, I'm better than you. You can't bully me anymore. And I realized during that time, I used to tell myself, no more talk because talk is cheap. Talk didn't save me before. It was my action. And when I retaliated, that saved me. It was my physical strength that protected me. So no more wasting of saliva. I'm just going to fight you back. Was I afraid? Of course, I was afraid. And I was afraid they're going to beat me up or afraid I might die if somebody kills me, right? But my pride was greater than my fear of dying. Can you imagine that? I was so prideful that I didn't care if I die. If I die, no one else will be affected. I didn't have a family then, so who cares? You see, in a road, road rage, people who fight have a big ego problem. I know that because that was me. And ego is pride. You hurt my pride, I hurt you back. There's a saying, hurt people, hurt people. And I was a hurting guy. I had too much pride. In the next years of my life, my pride stole the quality of my life, stole my joy, made me insecure. Like I just, you know, anywhere I go, it's like an invisible, I don't know how you call it, chain that is, that is affecting me. Later on, we're going to find out that this kind of pride of life is really not from God. It is from the world. It's from the devil itself. This verse tells it all. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. This particular verse, John mentioned uh, that this stems 
The, the root cause of this is, is pride. It causes us to sin. And we all know that sin is the problem of this world. Think about it. God created this world, but when we begin to love the created things more than the Creator, there arise all our problems. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, listen to this, the lust of the eyes and the boasting of what he has, he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. I'm just going to backtrack for a while. He says this, the boasting of what he has. How many of you know we boast and brag about what we have or the things that we do? But this does not come from the Father. It comes from the world, it says. Every sin is rooted in these three things. So if you can imagine a tree and its roots, there are three major roots. And all the problems are beneath. The sub-roots, if you, there's a word, sub-roots, the stems come out of these three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, we're going to go back. Remember in Genesis... Uh, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate too. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. They, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings from themselves. For the first time, they had shame and guilt. That's what sin does to us, right? That's what lust and pride does to us. Again, what does this mean? When they said the fruit of the tree was good for food, good for food, they saw it, it was good for food, that's lust of the flesh. You know, how many of you sometimes we lust after food or anything that affects our five senses? That's lust of the flesh. When we take so much of it and it controls us. Pleasing to the eyes, lust of the eyes pleasing to the eyes, okay? Again, whatever you see, the things that you see in this world, they're pleasing, right? I want to go there. I want to travel. I want to have a car. I want material things. There, again, that's lust of the eyes or desirable for gaining wisdom. In this case, it was the pride of life. I have wisdom. You don't, okay? Do you know that all these things that I just mentioned, there's nothing wrong with good food, and there's nothing wrong with eating something that is pleasing to the eyes. There's nothing wrong with having material stuff. And by the way, there's also nothing wrong with gaining and desiring wisdom. Is there anything wrong with that? No. The act in itself is not even wrong. When, when Eve disobeyed, when Eve ate it, there's nothing wrong with eating food and for the flesh or gaining wisdom. When did it become wrong? This is the big question. It became wrong, listen to this, it became wrong because God told them not to eat it. It became wrong the moment God said, don't eat from this tree. It became wrong when we wanted to do things, even things that are not sin, but it became sin because we wanted it more than what God wanted for us. Think about that for a while. Is it possible that we are getting all these things and 
things that are not even sinful, and yet we are sinning. Yes, it's possible. I'll give an example. For example, there's nothing wrong buying a car. But if you're buying a car and you're going to be in debt and God didn't tell you to buy, you're living beyond your means, then it becomes wrong. Okay? When you're doing something apart from the will of God, it becomes wrong. Many times, we do things because of pride. It was not merely the act of taking something and eating it. It was because the heart was full of lust and pride. Do you know what lust is? Lust is something that can't wait. God wants to give it to you. But lust can't wait. I want it now. You're, you're looking at, a, you know, you have a crush in school and, you know, you want this girl so much and you're going to do everything for the girl. Is it really love or is it lust? Because you can't wait. All three sins were rooted in the heart. Do you realize that you can be doing something good outwardly, but is sinning inwardly in your heart? Lust is the same way. Lust is when you want something, whether good or bad, but you want it more than what God prefers for you. Or you want it now and not at the time when God wants to give it to you. Lust can't wait. Because lust is self-seeking. Or you want to buy something you can't afford, you want to do something you can't afford, and you can't wait until you can afford it. That's lust. Pride is when you want something for the wrong reasons. Like thinking others don't have this, you know, I want this so I can prove to others that I'm better. Or, you know, you post something in Facebook, and there's nothing wrong with posting things, but when you're posting things to brag, to boast, to show to people that you're better than others, then there probably there might be some sort of pride in there. Okay? It's like thinking others don't have this. And I, I and I will, and it makes you think you're better than others because of it. That is pride. When it makes you feel more respected and more valued than others, that is pride. When your value and self-worth comes from your effort. Okay, listen to this. Your value comes from your effort and what you have accomplished and what you have. That is pride. When the glory of what you have, your skills, your wisdoms, your talent, or things goes to you instead of God. It's really a condition of the heart. I'll read this verse. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. I've done that. I've been selfish. Sometimes we try to impress others, right? But he says, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. There's, this is where you differentiate good proud from bad proud. When you think you're better than others. Are you better than others? You know, by the way, S Steph Curry is the best shooter in the world. LeBron James outscored Kareem. He's probably the best in terms of achievement, right? And can you achieve things and be better and yet not be proud? It's possible. You know, every time I love Steph. Sorry, I'm not a Golden State. I'm a Lakers fan. But you know what? Every time he, he does a three, I, he, he was asked, why does he go like this? He shoots a three and then he goes, he says, no. He does that to say, no, this ability came from God. Without God, I won't have this ability. See, he's giving God the glory in his heart. You may do that and not mean it, but are you really certain that everything you have comes from God? Because when you do that, you realize you're being humble. 
Okay? Being humble is not just walking like this. Some people think when you bring down your head, you're a humble guy or you're kind. No, no. It's a condition of the heart. You okay? When you're not being consumed by personal gain rather than you're concern, concerned about the interests of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. See, there's nothing wrong with being confident. But when you're overconfident, in other words, you see yourself more highly than you ought to. It says, rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, Jesus was God, the same nature as his father. But he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Even though he was in this high position, he didn't use it to take advantage of people or to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human life. Imagine God washing the feet of his disciples. God coming down to earth, becoming human. It's very humbling. It's the most humbling situation, even the situation that he was in. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. He didn't fight back. Even when people were offending him, he didn't fight back. No, he humbled himself, even death on a cross. So therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even Jesus himself did not consider himself being equal to God and something to be used to his own advantage. How many of us, you know, we just have a little thing and we already take pride. How many of us take pride and use worldly connections to use for our own advantage? It's like using people, right? Jesus himself took on the very nature of a servant. Can you take on the nature of a servant? He made himself nothing. Pride is universal, something we all will deal with, as ancient as Adam and Eve, and as relevant as the morning news. Yet we don't always see our own pride, which weaves like weeds around our lives. Oh, we see it in the obvious ways, but we can be blinded to its deceptive, subversive ways in our heart. We know the disease, but we don't recognize the symptoms. And that is going to be our message for next week. We're going to talk about the fruit and the symptoms of pride. We're also going to talk about the solution. How can we conquer this spirit of pride? So what are our main points for today's message? First point, pride is from the world. It is. It's not from the Father. Second point, Pride is one of the root of sin. It's the root of, of sin. Pride is so critical. Pride is when we think we're better than others. Again, when we see you next week, we're going to talk about why we need the insight of our spiritual great physician to reveal the fruits of pride and how he can rescue us from it. 